Hello and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. Today I'm joined by Yuri Yastavny, co-owner of Pravda Beer in Lviv, Ukraine. Founded in 2014, Pravda is known for making classic style beers with a Ukrainian twist. And following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Pravda has reached out and called to its fellow brewers around the world to show solidarity with Ukraine and brew one of its beers for charity. Hi Yuri and welcome to the show. Hi Bob, good to have you here. Uh, good, good to to have a chance to greet you guys. Well, it's great. I mean, I, I really wish that we could be talking in much better circumstances. Um, but I felt that your story, which I first saw on Facebook, but I know has been covered around the world on many news platforms about sharing your recipes and gaining solidarity around the world, is important for people to hear about. Yeah, uh, actually, it came uh, came together as a bit of coincidence because uh, we, we did not intend this to be that uh, viral um, in a way. We just, uh, we're trying to do what we, what we can do. Um, but uh, with all the interest that Ukraine uh, has now from all over the world, and, and also because of many correspondents of the foreign media, which are now in the view, uh, this story became a bit more, more famous than we expected. Well, that's excellent news. First of all, how are things for you in Lviv in regard to your personal safety? I know that Lviv is in the west of Ukraine, not too far from Poland. Have you seen any signs of the war? Uh, not directly in Lviv, um, because as, as you may know, it's the place where most uh, refugees from all over Ukraine come, come now, uh, either to stay here in a relative safety or to continue their way, maybe stay a couple of days and then continue their way to, uh, to EU, normally yes. through Poland, Slovakia or Hungary. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we had um, we had a nearby airports bombed on the first uh, morning of the invasion, um, and uh, recently, two days ago, there was a bombing of uh, of the international peacekeeping center, uh, only thirty kilometers away from the city center, and only twenty kilometers to the EU border yeah. uh, to to Poland. Yes. Yes, we, we uh, heard all about that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, that was. So far, as close as we as we had in Lviv. Yeah, and and what's life like in in Lviv at the moment? I, I guess I mean shops are shops still open. Yeah, uh, most shops are open. Um, we have uh, taxis and uh, normal city transport uh, in operation. You can buy most of uh, things. There are still no shortages of food or water. Everything works it's, uh, almost uh, almost as normal. There is a curfew. However, uh, it's uh, between uh, ten o'clock in the evening and six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and in the beginning, in the beginning, uh, we had uh, uh, petrol limitations, uh, so you could only buy twenty liters uh, into one hand. Yes. Uh, but now it's uh, generally normal. Uh, maybe some some lines to the cash machines, and maybe a bit more, uh, a, a, a few more people next to the drugstores, but. Otherwise, uh, it's life um, as usual here. 
except that we do have uh, air sirens going on and off uh, a couple of times a day. Yes. We had as many as six over a day, and we just, just 10 minutes ago, there was uh, one finished for today, and hopefully um, no more will, will be coming today. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess um, you, ha- you have family, have, have they had to go away? Yeah, uh, you know, my family had to, to leave. We, uh, we decided that this would be safer for, for our 10 years old daughter. Yeah. Uh, they made their way by train to Poland. Uh, they, they had a tremendous support from the, from the Polish people. Uh, some other relatives are also in Poland and, uh, the, it's really heartbreaking. It's really like, um, um, really touching to see how the Polish people support Ukrainians. Um, uh, and then they took a quick uh, uh, Ryanair flight to to the area of Barcelona where I have a, a good friend. And uh, my daughter is now, uh, had, yesterday she had her first day in a Catalonian school. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's actually one of the first things when you have uh, war, as, as we know now, is to put your family in safety so you can have your mindset on other things, on resistance, on, on being useful um in your place, yes. uh, either actually in the army or like me, in the entrepreneur and small brewer, uh, to do other things to support the Ukrainian army. Yeah, I mean, we've over here in the UK, we, we've been amazed at the support that Polish people have given um, you guys. Yeah, that's really, that's really touching. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I guess all all the men between eighteen and sixty, they they've been asked to stay in Ukraine. Are, are you finding that people? men sort of older than 60 are staying as well? Uh, yeah, actually, this is... Um, yeah, you, you have sometimes, you have in the news people who really want to, you know, like uh, uh, men of, uh, of of the military age, so to say, they, they want to leave, but these are really like maybe 10, 20 cases, uh, yeah. but mostly uh, I've heard figures that uh, the last time I looked at it was 200,000 men from all over the world Ukrainians who were temporarily working in Spain or in Canada or in uh, other parts of Europe, they actually returned to the country. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, the last time I looked at the official figure was 140, but, uh, but that was about 10 days ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think the figure went up to almost 200,000. So this yeah. is really a very personal thing for yeah. Ukrainians. Yeah. Um, I have never seen, uh, I remember, I even remember the referendum in 1991, which was, uh, which had 90, which saw 91% of Ukrainians voting for leaving the Soviet Union. I've been, uh, as a participant, I've been to the Orange Revolution and I've been to the Maidan Revolution in 2014. Yeah. But I've never seen such a tremendous unity that Ukrainians, uh, um, uh, Ukrainians are, I think they realize we realize that this is a nation-making moment. Uh, it's yes. a sad and tragic moment with all the news that we already had and that, that are still to come. Yeah. But we understand that this is the price that our generation has to face so that yeah. our future generations don't have to go through. Uh, and, yeah, yeah so we, we really... Yeah, uh, I mean, I we we've I think we've noticed around certainly in the, the world's media how the how strong the will of the Ukrainian people is, and the the support that uh, you've got. And obviously, um, I met some guys in Peterborough at a in UK 
who have a Ukrainian church. There's about 60 families in, in Peterborough, which is about 100 miles north of London in the UK. And um, mm-hmm. they're sending two, two lorries a week directly into Ukraine with suppliers that have been, supplies that have been given by people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's you're, really... You're, yeah, and and that's why I thought it was it was it was um, very, so important to do this podcast just to show that we've got solidarity with you and anything we can do to to help, um, you know, raise, raise the profile we we can do. So tell, I mean, obviously, I I saw the um, the brew you brew for Ukraine event on Facebook. I did. I wasn't actually able to go to that, but, but tell us about the brew for Ukraine event, please. Okay. Well. Um, uh I'd like to start with with a statement that the army wins uh, the army wins the battle uh, and uh, the war is won by the economy. Yeah. Um. And and we are uh, small craft brewers. Um. Uh, and we we have a certain certain um, profile uh, uh, among European some European brewers. We've had some awards from Czech Republic, from the UK, and from uh, from Germany. So what we decided to do is um, first, first we uh, we had our batch last. Uh, uh, well, we had our, our brew day on the morning of the invasion, starting at five o'clock in the morning. Did you? And then twenty, twenty or thirty minutes past the beginning, we heard the news about the invasion. We finished our batch, not to lose the ingredients, and then we sent people home to take care of, of their families. Yes. And the same evening, uh, one of our uh, guys wrote in our internal chat that we can't just do nothing. We have to do something, you know. Yeah. And we put our own money together, um, uh, and we decided to do more of cocktails because, first of all, we most of us participated in uh, 2014's uh, Maidan uh, revolution. Yeah. So we, we knew that this would come as a, as a you know as a useful and cheap means to stop the enemy once the enemy is in town. Yeah. Second, we are a brewery and we're used to working with chemicals in a safe way. So we thought, okay, yeah. we could probably do this a bit safer and a bit more efficiently than if you compare to if you just do it at home or something like this. Yeah. So we made a couple of thousand um, and they went uh, to the civil defense forces that quickly organized itself and that that is uh, that created um, a series of roadblocks in and around the league to prevent um, uh, uh, the enemy to to come into the city because in the first couple of days you wouldn't you wouldn't know what happens next. You know you could, yeah. you expected the enemy at your uh, at your city at your city wall basically. So uh, and that's how it all started. And uh, somehow there were lots of journalists by that moment in the city, so they were all wanted to have a, a story. And this this is the, this contributed to the popularity of this. Our next step. Our next step was was a bit more more in line with what we do as a as a brewery. Yeah, uh, we decided to uh, um, I just we decided to open our recipes of of our top beers, and also we decided to open the uh, visuals of our top uh, labels uh, to the public, to the brewing public. And we knew that you know small small brewers are always uh, kind of rebellious. They're always uh, supportive of uh, of uh, something that. That is a good cause, and we had a, a really tremendous response from from them. I, I'm still I'm still trying to figure how many brewers joined and how many brewers actually brewed our beer. 
yeah. uh, or broadly their version of our beer, but the geography is from, from Australia to Japan, to wow. Europe, Hong Kong, US, yeah. Canada, yeah. Brazil, uh, and counting. And so how long how long will it take how long will it take the, the beer to be ready to drink? Normally uh, it's it's actually not just brewing for, for the for the sake of brewing, but it's actually an act of hope. You know, we yeah. hope that the beer we brew now is gonna we are gonna drink it with yeah. friends when Ukraine wins the war. Yes. Um, and if you do tax beer, it's normally ready between three to four weeks. And if it's a bottle beer in our case, because our beer is bottled condition, so it needs two two weeks more in the bottle. Yeah. Uh, it'll be ready in five to six weeks from the day of uh, brewing. That's amazing. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if there's any UK breweries that have done it. Oh, yeah, I think so. I, I can't name any um, no. because there are yeah, because there are uh, more, more more people joining. Yeah, and actually, in a few hours, in in uh, four hours, we will start the stream live stream from our next victory brew. That's what we call this. We're gonna be brewing tonight for like eight hours, but we're gonna be streaming three hours of of our brew with comments. Yeah, with the comments about the beer we are brewing and comments about what we do and what situation we are in. And that's a live brew that people can tune into, is it? Exactly. I'll send you. I'll send you a link that uh, that uh, telling uh, the, the details and the Zoom link. Yeah. No. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I can put that on the show notes. Okay. Yes, please do. So, how how are the staff? How, how many people have you got working at the brewery, Yuri? We have twenty five people directly in beer production, yeah. and we have uh, another hundred and fifty people. Uh, working in what we call the Charter Beer Theatre. It's our big tap room in the city centre, uh, and it's, uh, all, it has almost two, uh, 700 seats uh, in uh, good times. Now we reopened Charter Beer Theatre in the centre uh, two days ago, and it's now uh, doubling as the press centre for, for journalists. Yeah, and a restaurant that does not sell beer because there is a prohibition of alcohol in the whole country. Does that include in people's homes? Uh, you can drink, but you cannot buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's forbidden to sell uh, alcohol now in most of the country. Yeah. So what message do you have for the Russians? Every Russian who came here with weapons will either stay in the Ukrainian soil or will be imprisoned. Every Russian who has supported uh, Putin and his regime will now live to the end of his or her life with a stamp of indignity, with a stamp of uh, shame. Um, and if this is Ukraine that needs to put an end to the last evil empire on earth, we will do it in a matter of weeks or months. That's for sure. We are winning this war already, and we will win it to the end. I also have a message for, for, for other people in, in the world. Uh, I think the support that Ukraine has now from, from everywhere, not just Ukrainians in Ukraine or Ukrainians living abroad, but for, from every decent citizen of the world, is because people feel that we are fighting not just for Ukraine, we are fighting for the democracy, for the principle of free choice, free life, uh, because um, uh, somebody has to. Uh, yeah. Somebody has to fight, and somebody has to win this. And, uh, this uh, on the twenty fourth of no, of um, 
February, on the morning of the attack, uh, Russia has begun its own decomposition. And that is something that's going to change the geopolitics of this world forever. And I guess that's a view that's shared by every Ukrainian. Um, I think, uh, as, I, as I said, there was never so much realization of this um, in people's minds yeah. as now. Yeah. Because if there were people who doubted, there were people who tried to understand, tried to do this place between the Russian mentality and the Ukrainian mentality, with all the death of civilians and children, with all the shelling that's taking place now, when the army, when the Russian army is, is being met, uh, which was trying to bully Ukraine into into something in a matter of two, three days. Yeah. But now, um, they, they realize that that's not going to happen. Many people in Ukraine have um, have had their their stories with the Russians. Yeah. You know, we had the artificial funding created by the Soviet Union, run by the Russians, mostly, and we had this in the in 1930s, and uh, uh, seven to eight million Ukrainians just uh, perished in a set-up famine. Uh, we had millions of Ukrainians who died in Gulag, in the Siberian prison camp. Uh, we had oppressions and prohibitions of our language, of our history. Russia actually stole most of the history of Ukraine. Even Russia comes from Kiev, Rus, from the state that gave Russia its name. So yeah. um, there is a lot of fake identity there. There is a lot of fake, there is a lot of stealing of history. Um, and that is something that now is going to be very visible to the world, very visible to Ukrainians. And Ukrainians are really uniting yeah. around this fight and around winning this war. What message would you like to give to listeners of, of this show, Yuri? I have, I probably have three messages. Um, first, Ukraine will win. Second, Russia and its mentality and its approaches is already losing. And the third message, don't drink bad beer. Don't drink bad beer. Exactly. Well... It's been really good talking to you, Yuri. I wish you and your family and your friends safety going forward. and wish you. you all the very best. Thank you very much, Bob. Thank you. been listening to undercurrent stories i hope you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to share the show link to your friends and family and if you have 60 seconds i will be most grateful if you would please rate and review to hear more episodes please subscribe to the show and visit undercurrentstories.com if you leave your email in the link we will notify you as soon as new episodes are released also check out our social media links details of which can be found on the show notes Until next time, this is Bob Wells wishing you all the very best.